Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside Denard Walker. And on today's show, there's really only two things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. And then we're going to get into our main story, the Tennessee Titans and the rest of the AFC South. How did the Titans stack up? What have the Jaguars, Colts, and Texans lost and gained from 2019 to 2020? We'll break it all down. Stick with us because it's going to be a jam-packed show. But before we get started, I want to ask, do you believe? And I would like to add, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on social media platforms. And with that being said, we'll go ahead and get started. The number two thing you need to know that has happened for the Titans over the course of the last week, the Titans have added a trio to their front office. They have added starting with Adolfo Birch III, who's coming on as a senior vice president slash business affairs and chief legal officer. Birch has been a higher up at the NFL league offices, so that is a great get for the Titans. They've also added Surf Melendez, who is a creative director, and Dan Worley is coming on to take a place within the general council. And if you want more information on that, you can go to the Tennessee Titans webpage. Jim Wyatt put a nice write-up on the Tennessee Titans main page, but you can go check it out. And the number one thing on the list, Clowny Watch. Yesterday, we got some news, an actual quote from Jadavion Clowney. I know, this is uh, kind of weird, but hey, I'll take it. I'm, I say that, I'm not happy, but yes, as it relates to Jadavion Clowney, Josina Anderson tweeted out, quote, just got off the phone with free agent defensive end Jadavion Clowney. He told me at this time he intends to sign with the team before the season starts if everything still goes on time with the season. Clowney also added, no, I have not narrowed down a final team. I'm still open, end quote. He's essentially hoping somebody comes in, is able to jack the price up, but that's not likely going to be the case. Still believe the Titans are the front runner at this point, even though he's not said it. We will see what happens. I mean, it, we're getting closer to the season at least, so... Maybe in a month. I mean, it's the 1st of July, so surely by August we have something. With all that being said, we'll go ahead and transition into our main story, talking about the AFC South. Who's the favorite? What do we expect to see from the teams from 2019 to 2020? We'll dive into that now. The Titans last year did not win the AFC South, but it was still enough to advance them to the playoffs. And, you know, that's that's where Titans fans have their their eyes right now it's becoming the division champion clinching the AFC South which has not happened for the Titans since back in 2008 I mean really when you look at it every other team the Colts Texans and even the Jaguars have won the AFC South since that time period the Texans have really dominated the last couple of years 
in, including last season where they ended up clinching a berth for hosting a playoff game. And so, Denard, as we kind of break down how these teams are having some key pieces move from the 2019 season to the 2020 season, I'll ask you, which team scares you the most as far as representing the AFC South for the 2020 season? That's easy. That's really easy. And, you know, at first I was very skeptical of this team before I really mentioned them because they went out and signed a veteran quarterback, so I'm about to give it away. I'm talking about the Colts. And when I talk about Indianapolis, I'm talking about a very dangerous team. This is a team that year in and year out, you know they are going to compete. The question is, is sometimes they were a little erratic last year. But I love the addition of Phillip Rivers. I love what he brings. He brings experience a bunch of, around a core of young players. That's why I'm very excited. The only iffy that I had, and I'm going to use the word iffy, I know that's my word of the day, iffy, is the fact that they went out. You already got a great quarterback in Jacoby Brissett that you just paid millions and millions of dollars last year. So the question is, is will this be a distraction or will this be something that will get the Colts a chance to win the AFC South this year? with the addition of Phillip Rivers, because what he brings to you, he's bringing to you a Hall of Fame resume. He's 38 years old, of course. He's coming off his worst season, but he, he's also going to be able to reunite with his former offensive coordinator, Frank Wright. So I, I see this as a win, not only for the Colts, but I see this as a team basically getting over the hump and probably competing to win that AFC South this year. I mean, when you look at betting odds, a lot of books have the Colts actually being the favorite for the division. And so I'm kind of with you in the fact that you look at this team and, you know, last year they, they didn't necessarily look great at times. They obviously finished 7-9 and nine on the season and they had some, some pretty big disasters late in the stretch, but they're not really having to replace a whole lot on defense. And their defense was pretty good last year. And then they make the trade this offseason for DeForest Buckner, who's a, a top defensive end in the league. So they're only getting better there. And then, of course, they bring in a guy who is a proven signal caller and able to make the throws you need to to win meaningful games in the NFL. So with the addition of Phillip Rivers, is it something where if you're a Titans fan, you hope he's way past his prime and it's a, it's a move that ultimately does not pay off for the Colts? I am interested because some of Phillip's best success in the league was with his time playing with Frank Wright. So can they get something together there? Yeah, interesting that you just say that. David, you know what? The thing that I was asking myself about this move was, which Philip Rivers are you going to get? Are we going to get the Philip Rivers that looks like Willie Joe Namath when he went to the Rams in 77, when they put all those expectations on him really to bring that team over the hump, even though he was past his prime? Or will this be Philip Rivers like Joe Montana going to the Kansas City Chiefs in the early 90s and 93 and 94, respectively? and basically playing lights out and got that team to the playoffs, Tom is only going to tell. And that's what happens when you bring in, bring in a veteran like Phillip. Phillip is a proven winner. But I'm telling you right now, as great as Phillip is, I'm going to tell you the X factor that's going to be on this team that was brought in from free agency. And I'm going to give you the name, the X factor, Xavier Rhodes. And you think about it, when you bring in him, the experience that he brings in from the Vikings, you got to understand two years ago, the Vikings basically paid him billions of dollars. He was a top-notch corner. So now he gets a chance to pair up with Malik Hooker, who basically is, is on the hot seat right now. 
I think with the addition of bringing in Rhodes, ooh, this defense can be really solid, especially in the back half. Yeah, you saw them take the step this past season with Darius Leonard really kind of coming to the, the forefront and being a, a guy that's starting to make a name for himself in the league. Hopefully, if you if you look at it, like the last couple of years, that has been a team that the Titans have struggled to to get over the hump. Now, fortunately, they did end up winning in Indianapolis last year, which I couldn't tell you the last time that that, that had happened. It's, it's one of those things where they probably have the most question marks of any team in the AFC South just simply because people are curious to see what happens with the addition of Rivers at quarterback. And it's going to be a storyline to keep an eye on because, I mean, as you said, like he's gotten older. Even if he does have an injury, they got Jacoby Brissett right there as the backup. And as, as we've seen, having a valuable backup could ultimately be the difference in making the playoffs or not because, I mean, if the Titans didn't have a good backup last year, we're sitting at home on the couch during January. Exactly. That's a great point. You think about it. Marcus struggles basically the first part of the season and the middle of the season before they bring him Ryan in, in in the Denver game. What happened? It basically just it propelled this team to go forward. I mean, that's exactly what happened when Ron came in. And that's what that's what this team has. They got two proven quarterbacks. They got one quarterback right now who a lot of people said, well, he needs to retire after last year, an abysmal season, but not Phillip. He's coming back for his 17th season. And sometimes when a guy, when you kind of write him off and they tell you to go and ride on into the sunset and take your money and, and, and just go on and, and enjoy this Hall of Fame career that you basically put together, sometimes a change of scenery can change all of that. And by him going to Indy, Indianapolis now, it could sometimes bring that hunger back. Sometimes that we actually lose when we get kind of settled in one place. So I look at this as being a win-win for the Colts. At first, I was, like I said before, as I alluded to earlier, I was very skeptical when you sign a guy like Phillip who has been in a league for so long, but you've already had a quarterback like Jacoby. But again, when you look at the pieces on this Colts team, if you, it all starts with the offensive line. If they don't have a great offensive line to protect Phillip, they don't have a chance at winning. So when you look at the pieces on this offensive line, they got one of the best offensive line in the game today. Start with Costanzo, Smith, and of course, probably the best guard in the business is Quentin Nelson. He's a monster to deal with. So they got that offensive line, basically. They got continuity. They play as good as any unit in the game. But again, that might be the difference between this team going 7-9 last year five and three at home, two and six away, that this can reverse everything for that organization by bringing in one guy. I've seen it happen. We saw it in Kansas City years ago when they brought in Joe Montana. We saw it last year in Tennessee with Ron Tannehill. You got to be careful with this team, with the Colts. They're very dangerous. And they added Jonathan Taylor with the second round pick in the 2020 draft to kind of help take some pressure off of whoever their quarterback's going to be. And I mean, right right now, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Phillip Rivers, but adding the mix in the backfield to give Marlon Mack some help with Jonathan Taylor is going to be something that is going to add to the dimensions the Colts can try to use to beat you. Yeah. And what about, let's not forget about, forget about T.Y. Hilton now. Is it me or is it T.Y. Hilton is the most underrated receiver in the National Football League? The only thing when I look at T.Y. Hill is he's blowing past guys. He's posterizing guys week in and week out. And Titans always have trouble trying to play man-to-man against T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say he's underrated. I just think he's had a lot of injuries the last few years, and that's kind of led to him not being 
as explosive as you saw whenever he had Andrew Luck leading him all over the field. But they did add Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC wide receivers to kind of help there. But Chris Ballard, the GM for the Colts, is trying to make some moves to get this team where they need to be. And I thought they've had a good offseason. Definitely the team to keep an eye on as the Titans and the rest of the AFC South get prepared for 2020. And I guess with talking about the Colts, we'll go ahead and transition into discussing the Houston Texans right now. Man, I it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> That's Houston. That's Bill O'Brien for you. Bill Belichick disciple. <laughs> and it's one of those things where obviously as long as you have Deshaun Watson, there's always the opportunity to wreak havoc, to continue to win games. But when you look at what they've done with the rest of their roster, there are a lot of questions that have been raised. Definitely more questions than answers when you look at this past offseason, especially trading, which what I believe many people would say their best player on the team in DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, in return for that, they did get David Johnson. Still, it's, it's one of those things to where people are kind of scratching their heads. And, and right now, I just... I think the Texans will have a good season this year. I expect them to be 9-7. and seven. But after this season, I really expect that team to drop off when you look at some of the holes that that roster is going to have here in the near future. Yeah, well, you know what? Bill O'Brien is unpredictable for one reason. He is a disciple of Bill Belichick. Only a certain coach will trade a player of DeAndre Hopkins caliber to the Arizona Cardinals. Basically, it was almost like an exchange for David Johnson. But you know what? Bill O'Brien can coach because he did have, he brought in two really good receivers in Brandon Cooks. And why is it every time I say the name Brandon Cooks, it's always like he's there one year and he's at another place another year. Is it me or is he the one guy that seems to be traded year in and year out? You know, he's I think when he started move. off. Yeah, he's always on the move. He's, he has a world of talent. He's a 4-2-40, he ran one of the fastest 40s ever a few years back in the NFL combines. The problem is, is that he hasn't been consistent and he hasn't had consistency in staying one place. I see this as a really good move because what they will have is you got your first round draft pick out of Notre Dame, Will Fuller, a few years ago. He had some hamstring problems last year, but he is a very productive player. I like Cooks. I love Kenny Stills. You add that veteran mix. You bring in Randall Cobb. So, yeah, again, you lose guys like Jonathan Joseph to Tennessee. I never count Bill O'Brien out because he will make moves like that, but sometimes a coach won't tell why, but sometimes it actually ends up bettering the team for whatever reason I don't know. Why would you trade a guy who's looking like right now he's having a Hall of Fame career? Well, we saw it with Las Vegas. I hate saying that name, Las Vegas. I want to say Oakland so bad, but. You know, with Khalil Mack, you think, what are they doing? Why would you do that? Obviously, people know something that we don't know. We're trying to figure out the why. Staying on Houston's receivers, Will Fuller, as you mentioned, he gives that team a deep ball dimension whenever he is healthy. And like you said, Denard, I mean, hamstrings have been a big issue for him. And whenever he has not been able to play, teams have really been able to keep the Texans in front of them, not having to worry about anyone else really getting behind them. And Brandon Cooks, very good wide receiver. But like you said, I mean, this is going to be his fourth team in seven seasons. And his biggest issue is concussions. Is he even able to stay on the field? Uh, because, I mean, 
you talk about some of the hits that he has taken over the years, it is really going to to be one of those things where if he has another one, that could be that could be it for him. And so yeah, with Randall Cobb, like I, I love Randall from the the East Tennessee area. Yeah. You also got to look at his age; he is getting up there. How much of an impact is he able to make? I mean, we're talking about all these skill guys, but outside of Laramie Tunzel, you have to look at that offensive line. And it's one of those things I can see Deshaun Watson running for his life for majority of the season. And that's what you don't want, especially a young quarterback that likes to run as much as he does. Because when you do that, guess what? That guess what happens? It takes off longevity from your career. You really want to see a quarterback down? Tell Deshaun to keep running like he's been doing. That can be absolutely a detrimental decision that that organization will make if they don't put the tools or the people around him. You have got to get some solid players or you will see his production dip in the years to come. So I don't know what they're doing down in Houston, but everything really revolves around that quarterback. He is too young and he's too good, but I've watched him. I watched the game against Dallas a few years ago and I told myself, they, they're going to have to bring in some baseball coaches to teach him how to slide because it's going to, let me tell you something. They did that with Michael Vick early on in his career. He reminds me just like Deshaun, what Deshaun Watson is, he's a modern day Michael Vick. He really is. But it took one shot when Brian Dawkins hit Michael right in his sternum that Michael started learning how to slide because when I'm telling you, you won't last long in this game by being a running quarterback. That's, that's not going to happen. Guys like Steve Young, they were known to make plays with their feet. The problem is, is they didn't have to do it consistently. They didn't have to do it every other play. That's what we're seeing in Deshaun Watson. And that, you won't last in this game. You will not last. We saw what happened with Lamar Jackson. Look at the elements. Look look what he did. Look what elements he brought to, the, to his game this past year. Everybody thought he was a running quarterback. He did everything but run in 2019. I mean, yeah, he got his yardage. But again, we saw a more productive guy passing the ball. So right. yeah, they're, they're going to have to do something really quick down in Houston, or that's going it's going to be catastrophic for that organization if he gets hurt. Real quick, and then I got a trivia question for you. But as okay. it relates to Deshaun Watson, I feel like majority of his hits. I mean, obviously he he's able to run the ball, but I feel like some of the worst hits he took, he was still standing in the pocket. If you want to just look across the division as the team we just talked about, of what happens if you don't get yourself a good offensive line and it ruins the longevity for your quarterback, the Colts and Andrew Luck. You're talking about a generational quarterback who had to call it quits early because those teams could not keep him from getting hit early in his career, and you saw the impacts just eventually build up, and it was too much for him to overcome, and he just stayed injured. So that's the last thing you want if you're a Texans fan. And then here's a question that I actually learned the other day. It, It took me by surprise, but I'll ask you this. Denard, who do you think led the NFL in passing touchdowns this past season? Passing touchdowns. Could it be Lamar Jackson? Yes. <laughs> you thought you were gonna get me, didn't you? Well, and I just told no, you. I'm having, well, I'm having a question with myself. Was it just passing touchdowns total, or was it actually from the pocket? Now I'm confusing myself on the question. I, I know for sure it's passing touchdowns because that's what people associated with him when he first came in the league was just a running quarterback. What we saw at Louisville. Listen, you have to bring a different element. You always have to be evolving in this league. If you stay stagnant and stay doing one thing, you won't last. That's the that's why they call it the National Football League. You have to continue to evolve. Lamar Jackson showed the world last year 
why he is Superman. Not because of the way he runs the football, but because of the way he was throwing it. That's what I love about it. Yeah, led the league with 37 passing touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes was 36, just to give a little bit of reference. So we've talked about the Colts and the Texans, and now we turn to the team that even though you look at them and you're like, this is not a team we should lose to, it seems as though the Titans managed to split this series almost every single year. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. Denard, when when you were playing with the Titans, I mean, I felt like the Jaguars were were up there as one of the teams that, I mean, you kind of had like one of those ugly rivalries with the Titans early on. Robbery? It wasn't a robbery. It was a basically, it was a gang war. You know, when you play Jacksonville from 1997 to 2000 that I was there, it was on. And let me tell you something. We went up there in 1998. And Jackson, we, we had nothing really to play for. We were out of the playoffs. And what happened was Jacksonville had their T-shirts already printed up. since AFC Central. They were going to champions and all these hats and stuff. And we went, up, we went down there and spoiled their parade. They were mad. After that, after that 1998, it became a robbery. Jeff Fisher once stated, going into the AFC Championship game, beating this team twice in 1999 to hand them their only two losses of the season, that basically Jacksonville is a home game for us. Could you imagine a head coach coming out and making a remark before the AFC Championship game that this is, a, this is basically a home game for us? Let me tell you something. I was afraid that they were going to annihilate us simply because the week before they played Miami and put 66 points on that Miami Dolphins team that beat us in the regular season. So it went from a robbery game. It wasn't a robbery. It was a game where literally you better buckle your chin strap. You better look to your right and your left because somebody was that, – that's when you can hit a guy on the so-called self-defenseless player. That didn't exist <laughs> back then. It, it, everything was open game. You better buckle your chin strap, put your, put your mouthpiece in, and you better look both ways because it was going to be some fights. It was going to be some more fights. And then after that, it was going to be a little bit more fighting. And the referees, they were they were not going to call anything. They were going to let us play. It was like Detroit and Chicago in the late 80s when Jordan used to go up for the hoop and they basically would play basketball where they used to get elbow you. That was the way football was played between Tennessee and Jacksonville in those days. And that's what it has become. It, it really has over the years it looks like it was kind of coming back for a while because in 2017, like you said before, Jacksonville made that run. And every time I would watch a Jacksonville and Tennessee game, it kind of reminded me of something, that a game that happened 20 years ago. Well, Jaguars, they're coming off a 6-10 and 10 season. You really got to question some of their key positions. I mean, you've already seen a lot of people go ahead and put them in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes as far as being one of the worst teams in the NFL for the 2020 season. But right now it looks as though Gardner Minshew is going to be starting at quarterback for them this year. They obviously got rid of Nick Foles, who they just brought in last season, and that was his first year. Man, it's it's one he of those paid, though, eighty-eight million. He did get the money, <laughs> that's for sure. No, and, he doesn't. Man, I, I like I'm just looking at this roster, and it's just one of those things where you're like, my gosh, like how are they going to be successful? And the, the short answer is, they're probably not. From, from the defensive side of things, I mean, their biggest story is their best player wants out, Unique Ngakwe, defensive yeah. end who has really set the, set the world on fire the last couple of years whenever it's come to getting in the backfield and wreaking havoc on quarterbacks. From a team, like you mentioned in 2017, they had a what I, I would consider an elite defense. 
and that's just completely gone away as far as people being frustrated, wanting out, and you've really seen the remnants of that roster from back then just fall apart. Yeah, what they're going to do in Jacksonville, because you do lose Calais Campbell, who I love this. I love Calais Campbell. I think he's one of the most intriguing. He's one of the smartest players that I've ever seen, and he's one of the best people that you can ever meet. He is absolutely, to me, just he really represents the standard of what you want in a football player in the National Football League. But in saying that, he will be leaving and going to the Ravens this year. So you lose him. What are they doing in Jacksonville? Let me just say what they're doing. They're rebuilding. They're reloading. You saw what happened when they got rid of Jalen Ramsey. They sent him off to L.A. They said, you want your money? You can go somewhere else and get it. What the general manager is doing is he's going to put his type of players into this organization that they can build around. Right now, yes, they're probably waiting on Trevor Lawrence. Of course, everybody knows that Clemson, he's got, he's going to probably end up coming out this year. This is what you do. You got to take a beating in order to be successful in this league at times. We saw that happen in Dallas in the late eighties when they went through periods where they didn't even really win a game. And then they started drafting guys like a Michael Irvin. Then they drafted a Troy Aikman. Then they drafted an Emma Smith. But then what did they come back and do? They traded away Herschel Walker. And then you bring back and you basically create this call, this, this line that was called the Great Line of Dallas. And what you do, what they're going to do in Jacksonville, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to emulate what the Cowboys did. They're going to trade away all of their best players. They're going to get the guys that want to get out of there. They're going to let them go. And then they're going to just work through the draft and bring a lot of solid football players. And they're going to build it up like the expansion team that we saw back in the early 90s. They're looking at at least a couple of years before they're going to be able to compete. Like we have seen from them in the past in the 90s, as you alluded to. And right now, it's one of those things where you just you got to make sure they don't play spoiler for you. Because yeah. we've seen looking at the Titans the last couple of years. I mean, whenever it comes to winning this division... You at least got to get nine and seven, ten and six. It seems like the the top two teams are always around that area right now. If if you lose one of those division games to Jacksonville, who I know it's any given Sunday, being a good football team just requires you. Part part of the battle is just beating the teams you need to beat. Right. If, if you can do that in the NFL, the teams that you should beat, you're going to the playoffs. And I guess to kind of wrap this up, as far as looking at the AFC South overall. I mean, this, this division's done a really good job the last couple of years as far as getting two teams into the playoffs. In 2019, obviously, the Texans won it. Mm-hmm. Titans came in as a wild card. In 2018, the Colts won it. The Texans came in as a wild card. Then go back to 2017, Jaguars won it. Titans came in as a wild card. So it's, it's one of those divisions you have seen multiple teams get a bid for the playoffs. And now when we talk about adding a seventh team to the playoffs, I mean, there's really a chance to where you could you could see the Titans, Texans, and Colts all make it this year. That's right. It's, Three it's, teams. It's not unrealistic at all. So it is is definitely something to keep an eye on. And I, I I do think those three teams are in the same area whenever you're looking at them from a where they're expected to finish within the AFC. But to kind of wrap up, I know Denard, you said the the Colts were the team you were the most worried about right now. July 1st, 2020, who do you have winning the AFC South? Well, if I bet against Tennessee, I may not have a job. So. I mean, hey, hey just <laughs> feel free to be realistic. I mean, that's one of those things like, see, I, I, I get in the situation where no, I know. I'm know. i a fan, but it's like, man, like I bet on them to win it multiple times dating this past decade, 
and they, they just seem to fall short. And so it, I, I kind of just like get in this mindset of, all right, well, last time they won it was 2008. Probably won't pick them to win it until I actually see them win it. It's like one of those things you got to see it to believe it. Right. What happens is, is when you put a lot of expectations on a team early, they don't pan out the way that you thought they were. But when you don't expect anything from them, that's when they surprise you and shock you. And that's why I believe that this year's Titan team, to me, I just don't have them. I just don't pick them to win the AFC South. There's only so much time that you have to do something big. I got this team. They got the unit. They got the pieces in place to be competing for a Super Bowl. Anything short of that, I, I think it would be not a wasted season, but I think it would be a disappointment. There's not a lot of teams that's got really 11 guys, basically that cohesiveness. You've got 10, 10 starters coming back on offense. And the one guy that you're going to plug in, he's got experience. You don't see that in the national, you don't see that kind of continuity in the National Football League. And then on defense, you bring in Jonathan Joseph to solidify your, your secondary. You bring in Vic Beasley, the eighth pick in the 2015 draft. He's hungry. If I'm Vic Beasley right now, I'm saying, Listen, where's Ron Tannehill? I'm going to go follow him. I didn't have a great career at Atlanta. I come, I'm coming here to Tennessee to prove a point that I am just as better or is not as good as Khalil Mack, those guys. That's what people were expecting from Big Beasley. So he's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot of – he can bring a lot of value to that defense. That's why I got Tennessee winning this thing because you got all the pieces in place. I'm not just saying that because I'm on the Titans bandwagon. I'm saying this because this is the time that this team needs to go get it because you don't know what 2021 was waiting for you as far as free agency about the additions and the losses. I completely hear you. If I'm having to look at everything right now, trying to take in as much information as possible, I think the division champion for the AFC South is going to have a record of 10-6. and six. And right now, I have the Titans going 9-7. and seven. And, and I say that because whenever you break down the schedule, there's always those games like, all right, I, I'm penciling a win here, a loss here. And usually those all kind of get lost in the shuffle. But nine and seven is where you've been the last four seasons. And I'm like, well, if that trend continues. We're going to be right where we are. But I will say this. I really do believe Jadavion Clowney, if he does sign with the Titans, he is good enough to where it is going to result in at least one more win on the season. And that'll get the Titans to 10 and six. And at that point, it's going to be a tiebreaker, in my opinion, for whoever's going to get the AFC South. But right now, I still have the Texans winning the division at 10-6. and six. I don't think they have that tough of a schedule. And the Titans are going to be right there, and the Colts are going to be right there. And I honestly believe all three of those teams are going to make the playoffs whenever we're getting here, and it is January of 2021. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go step above you. I don't see why this is a team that can go 11-5 and 12-4. I think they definitely can. I, I, I do, because you know why? They started off the season with Marcus. Marcus wasn't playing well. When they went with Ryan at quarterback, this is a team that basically they couldn't be stopped. They can only stop themselves. That's how good they were. So I don't see why 11 and 5 or 12 and 4, realistically, this team is that good. But again, you can talk about it. You can put this on paper. You can make all these bold predictions. But if you can't be about it, then you don't stand a chance. And that's what I'm hoping that this team, or I feel like they have a chance to do. If they be about it and take care of the business, I don't see why they can't be 12 and 4. That's how good they can be. I definitely see that as their ceiling. It's just one of those things where even though we, we had a great run last year, and I know we did make that switch at quarterback, I just I, I guess I'm I'm hesitant 
to get over this hump. And, and maybe, and I'm sure if I have another year of Ryan Tannehill just playing great and Derrick Henry continuing to just be unbelievable, I will be in that double-digit win category and be confident about it. But just right now, I feel like I just I just need to see more on tape. I think this is going to be a great year to see it. And as we know, whenever you're looking at the roster, it's uh, it's one of those years where you got a lot of chemistry coming back, and it's it's something that you should be able to build off of last season. Hope that's the case. But and that's what that's what we love about the NFL. You just never know what's going to happen from year to year. Yeah, you never know. But one of the things I will say about the AFC South that I love: there's a three team. You know what I like to refer to: the Texans, the Titans, and the Colts. You know what they, those three guys, those three teams, the three-headed monster, what they all have in common? There's a thing, there's a word called parity. There's parity among those three teams. You always know one out of those three is going to be in the mix. That's why I like this division so much. You never know what's going to happen, but you know it's those three teams because there's parity among the three. That's why when you were, as what you were talking about earlier about going back the last three years that one of these teams have represented the AFC South in the playoffs. That's parity. That's what makes all three of them so dangerous. They can all knock each other off at any time. That's what makes it so unpredictable. That's why we tune in. That's why we love it so much because you don't know what you're going to get out of these three teams. That's the uncertainty. That's what we want to figure out somewhere between uh, come December and January. It's like everything we was talking about, we probably got to say, man, it probably came true. That is well said, Denard. And I think that is a great place for us to leave it today. But this is a topic we will continue to discuss as we move closer to the season. But for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.